and welcome to chapel. Today we will continue with our year-long chapel theme, Serving God, Serving All, which focuses on our core value of servant leadership. Our speaker today is campus pastor Joanne Gallardo, whose message is entitled, Ooh, I forgot all <laughs> What Will Be Your Legacy? Before we begin our time together uh, with a few songs, I'd like to light our peace lamp as a reminder of Christ's peace and for those who are in need of peace today. Good morning. Hello, How are you Lord. all? Great, 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 great. <laughs> all right. So we will start this morning by singing Prince of Peace. So if you know the song, um, please help the others follow you and the others around you. So if you mind to stand up this morning and begin the day by singing. You got this. Peace and I will live my life for you. 
So I want us to really take this time to focus on the words that we're singing and not just to clap through it. So as I put my glasses on, um, just think about, even if you don't have a relationship with God, just thinking about worshiping as genuinely as you can and being open to what people around you are doing. So we're going to start this song, and I'd really like us to focus. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Worthy is the Lamb. I'm going to start again.
creation I sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. scripture today comes from Matthew 25, 40 through 45. And the king will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are the member of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, you that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels, for I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me, naked and you did not give me clothing, sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. morning. While we all try to live our own lives and do things without always feeling on display or self-conscious, we know that we can't completely escape what others think of us. We can't completely escape knowing that our lives, especially on a small campus like this one, are kind of on display all the time. While there are some things we can't control, also things that are none of our business, like other people's opinions of us, we can control a few things. We can control the kind of person we want others to see in us. We can control our authenticity. We can control our impression on people. And once again, we visit this chapel theme of the year, serving God, serving all. And once again, we are asking the question of what it means to serve God and also to serve others. For the most part, we do this well as a campus when we are at our best. We seek to serve God, so we seek to strengthen our Christian life. We go to church when we can. We try to remember to pray. And we do our best to give thanks for that which has gone well and rely on God when things don't go quite as well. Another thing we do well is serve others. We help our friends when we need it. We participate in Celebrate Service Day. We may get connected with a church or other religious community and serve in that way. But I think where we may get lost is when it comes to serving all. It's really easy to start thinking that all can mean people like us. These can be people that think like us, vote like us, look like us, come from the same country we do, share our worldview. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus says that if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? 
Doesn't everyone love those who love them back? Jesus has us take our transactional attitudes as in, you do this for me and I do this for you, and now we're even, and has us love and give and serve without expectation of getting anything back. So serving members of our family or close friend circle, while that may be easy, the real challenge, according to Jesus, is serving other people, serving those who may not appreciate it or pay it forward or even give us the time of day, people that may retaliate against us in the process. It's really easy to study these things, to talk about them in our Bible and religion classes or think about them and, and the church in theory. For many of us, the concept of serving others and not expecting anything in return is a part of our theology, a part of our way of thinking about God. And while I'm not putting down having good theology and solid ways of thinking about faith, the reality is most people aren't looking at our theology. As much as I would like to think that we're all sitting down with one another and chatting for hours about ecclesiology and the moral character of God, I know that there are only some of us who find that to be the definition of a good time. What people are looking at, though, is how we live our faith. People are looking at how we treat others. How are we living our lives? I don't mean this in the sense that everyone is watching and waiting for you to do something sinful or immoral. I don't mean to spread that kind of paranoia, but how you spend your time, how you treat others, how you talk to people, that is your legacy, both here on this campus and in your life as a whole. And if you are sitting here as a Christian and you profess to be a Christian, your legacy is being written right now. That has already started. It's being written on this campus and how you interact with others, what activities you're participating in, how you choose to spend your time, and what words you choose to speak to other people. It's being written about who you choose to include and who you choose to exclude. In our text for today, Jesus is saying that whatever you did for the least of these, you have done unto him. And people are confused. They tell Jesus that surely if they had seen him hungry or thirsty or as a stranger or in need of clothes, they would have done something about it. But they didn't, so what did they do wrong? They have no idea what Jesus is talking about. Jesus clarifies that whatever you have done for the least of these, you have done for me, which was surely a slap in the face for people who thought they had it all together. They thought that by serving God and just doing what they had always been doing, they were going to be okay. But Jesus once again clearly states that it's not about performative righteousness. It's not about putting on a good show and doing all the right things. It's actually all about service. This is not just some extension of works and righteousness, the thought that if you just do the right things, you receive some sort of salvation. This is about authenticity, 
about living into who you are in Christ. And what I mean by performative righteousness is the type of service that has the motivation behind it to make us feel like good people. Have you ever been in a Starbucks drive-thru where the person ahead of you paid for you and then there's this weird unspoken pressure to do the same for the people behind you? Has anyone ever had that happen? Does that just happen to me all the time? Okay, <laughs> there are a few people. This always makes me uncomfortable because I don't necessarily want to pay for the lady behind me in Alexis who has six Fenty drinks. And I have student loans. I probably shouldn't be at Starbucks in the first place. But that's giving out of duress, and that's not giving out of a desire to necessarily serve others. And while it's a nice gesture, I'm not knocking that, it's a kind gesture, it's not giving to what Jesus calls the least of these. Serving others means engaging in something that offers a bit or a lot of sacrifice on your part, and that sacrifice doesn't necessarily have to do with money. Serving others could mean giving something up, be that your time. It could mean your money, or your image, or your comfort. I don't want to give the impression that to serve others, you have to be this completely selfless person that always empties themselves of everything in order to help others. Paying attention to how we feel is very important, but I think sometimes we are kept from service because we think it has to be huge. It has to make a huge impact or it doesn't count at all. It has to help a whole lot of people. It has to change the entire world. Sometimes we think it needs to help people who live far away or it needs to help people we've never met. But helping the most vulnerable in the way Jesus talks about in our scripture passage doesn't always look big and flashy. At the beginning of last semester, I talked for quite a while here in chapel about the different avenues that service can take. But I want to take a moment to ask the question about who it is that we serve. Our actions and the way we treat others both like us and different from us point us to who we serve. These actions comprise both the impression we leave on others as well as our legacy. And what I mean by legacy is what we're leaving behind and how we make people feel. We are known for who we treat with love and respect. And I want to especially highlight those who may feel vulnerable on this campus. Are we treating queer folk with the love and respect they deserve? Are we treating folks <clears throat> from different religious traditions kindly and in a way that acknowledges and respects who they are? Are those of you who don't struggle financially looking out and being merciful for those who are struggling? Are we moving and acting in a way that recognizes our privilege? While we often don't feel privileged because of our current bank account status or lack of property or because of debt, we actually have a lot more than we think we do. The access we have to education and all the doors <clears throat> that education opens gives us more at our disposal than a big percentage of the population. And I don't want to insinuate that we're all playing on some equal playing field here at GC, we, but we do have some opportunities here that other people can only dream about. 
I suppose the broader question that I'm asking is what does it mean for us to be a Christian campus? I think Christianity is often given a bad name or a bad reputation for what it has come to represent for some people. It may be why some of you sitting here in these pews today have little to no interest in your spiritual development at this moment in time. And that's okay. I get it. My job on this campus isn't to force you on some spiritual path that you're not ready or willing to take. It's my sincere hope that you make time for God in your life, but college is hard and college is busy, and I don't have these naive thoughts that everyone is going to grow and develop and come to their own sense of who they are at the same time in this place. Many of the folks I know who are strong <clears throat> in their faith came to understand God who they were in their 30s or in their 20s or maybe it was when they had kids or after the loss of a loved one close to them. Our journeys all look different and the last thing I want to do is to faith shame folks. That's not my message here. But if there's something you do take away, I want to be clear about what I believe Christianity is and what Christianity isn't. Christianity is not a place where you can bring your hate. It's not a place where you can bring your judgment. It's not a movement where you get to say who's in and who's out. It's really not your movement. Christianity doesn't ever have its doors closed. Christianity doesn't, and while our history may say otherwise, and I know it does, hurt people or make them afraid. Christianity cannot be reconciled with white supremacy. Christianity is not a club. Christianity is not meant to be a place for folks who have their stuff, for lack of a better accepted word, together. People who are super righteous or self-righteous or think they say and do all the right things. With that being said, <clears throat> there's a lot of things that Christianity is. Christianity is an open invitation. Christianity feeds the hungry, clothes the naked, and houses the homeless. Christianity is the home and origin of perfect love which casts out fear. Christianity is about serving all, even the all that you don't like. Maybe that all is someone who has a different political viewpoint than you. Maybe that all is someone who is nothing like you. Maybe that all is someone from a different culture. Christianity is about serving all, all. Last semester, we had an incident that involved slurs being written on a sidewalk on campus. Whatever your response to it, it led to feelings of hurt, it led to feelings of being attacked, and it led to feeling unsafe for portions of our campus. And if you weren't targeted by those words, maybe you don't have something to say about that. If you were targeted, it is your place to talk, if you so choose, about how you feel about it. Because words are really important. In Christianity, they've always been super important. We read the Bible, there are words there. We read what others write about God, theology, spirituality, the nature of Jesus. 
We write about these things ourselves. We go to church and we hear other people's words about these things. So when we write words, say words, read words, those words are really important. Words can shape who we are. We are being formed by words whether we want to be or not. The words we say to groups of people matter. The words that we write matter. People watch, listen, and take note of the words we say and write to one another. Our words are not only a part of our Christian witness, but the legacy we leave behind long after we've left this campus, or when we move on to the next thing or the next thing after that. And words go hand in hand with how we treat others. Others remember the ways we made them feel and the words that we use with them. Did we use words to uplift or tear down? Did we use words to encourage? Did we use words to discourage? Are encouraging and uplifting words spoken around your friends? People in your social circle or do your kind and thoughtful words expend to everyone? As I stated earlier, Jesus' words in the Gospel of Luke say that if you only love those who love you, what credit is that to you? And likewise, if you only do good to those who love you, what are you even doing? If you give to those who know that you will give back whatever you lend them, where is the generosity in that? If on this campus all you ever do is show kindness, mercy, and service to just your friend circle, then what are you doing? I don't want to be misunderstood and have you think I'm saying that if we just serve and do good, we should just do it to others no matter how they treat us back. This does not mean that we put ourselves in position time and time again to be hurt or to have acts of violence done towards us. Sometimes the best thing we can do is remove ourselves from people who harm us. Sometimes the best thing we can do is put up a boundary, not a wall, but a boundary that protects us from those who seek to harm us. What I am suggesting is that instead of seeking to retaliate or humiliate or verbally decimate others who are so very different from us, Instead of taking to social media or blogs or sidewalks to be provocative or angry or have the intention to tear down, what does it mean to take Jesus' words seriously and to serve others, to show mercy to others? I think service can look a lot like things that maybe in the past haven't been traditionally seen as service, as I said in chapel last semester. But after this past fall semester, I have a few more thoughts on that. Serving can look like keeping your language respectful. Service can look like stepping in for others who are being hurt or marginalized. Service can look like using someone's pronouns correctly and calling them by their name. Service can look like making room at the table for opinions and thoughts and theology other than your own. Being mindful of who it is that we serve, in turn, makes us mindful of who it is that we ultimately serve.
that by looking into the eyes of those around us that treat us with respect, that we go out of our way to help, that we avoid intentionally misunderstanding, that we love in the way that God has loved us, that is what is at the heart of the gospel message. Those whom we choose to serve <clears throat> are a reflection on our legacy and points others to who it is that we choose to follow. So knowing that our words have weight, what is it that we want to say? Knowing that people are looking at our actions, what is it that we want to do? What do we want our legacy to be? Do we want to be known for when we were silent? Do we want to be known for when we took action? Do we want to be known for how we treated others around us? How we treated others different from ourselves? Most important of all, do we want to be known for how we follow Jesus? Thank you, Joanne. As a song of response, if you would take out the purple hymnal and turn to number 40, Somlandela, and if you would please stand, we will be singing this through three times, once in Zulu, once in English, and then once in Zulu. will be our closing song, Blessed Be Your Name, and I encourage everybody to join in with your hands, okay? Let's go.
Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your name, when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be, blessed be your name. Go in peace.